You're listening to the Physics Ed Podcast. For hundreds of ideas, free experiments and more, go to physicseducation.com.au. And now, here's your host, Ben Newsom. Yes, welcome again for another Phys Ed Podcast. Hey, glad to have you again for another chat around science and STEM and all that sort of thing. Hey, this week is a trip down memory lane. It really is. Anyone who's been in Australia for the last 40 years in school, somewhere, shape or form, have no doubt come across Life Education. They're a mobile classroom that go to over 4,000 schools every year. Seriously, all over mainland Australia, they do an amazing job helping kids understand about healthy and safe living in all walks of life. It's so very important. And today, our special guest, and very much a special guest, is Therese Hooper, who is the Director of Education for Life Education in New South Wales and ACT. She has an extensive background in education and is a teacher and a former life education educator, but now helps coordinate a lot of the movements of these mobile classrooms right across New South Wales and ACT, and is a real driving force behind the Healthy Harold's online and virtual innovation program, which is coming up. We're going to hear more about this through this chat. Hey, she works very closely with New South Wales Health and the New South Wales Department of Education, and is highly committed, like her team, to make sure that kids all over Australia have opportunities to benefit from health and wellbeing education. So, uh, look, enough about the introduction. You know, really well worth having listening to Therese Hooper. She's got a lot to say about education when it comes to healthy living. And a really good uh, chat, I've got to say. This is the Physics Ed Podcast. We're all about science, ed tech and more. To see 100 fun free experiments you can do with your class, go to physicseducation.com.au. That's physics spelled F-I-Z-Z-I-C-S. And click 100 free experiments. Right. Well, where to start? So life education has been around for 41 years this year um, with our um, iconic mascot, um, Healthy Harold the Giraffe. Um, And basically life education's mission is to empower young people to make safer and healthier choices. Um, so I suppose the nuts and bolts of what we do is we go into schools and we we facilitate learning with with students, predominantly primary school students, um, all all relating to, to health education. So you know we were born out of um, the idea of from the Reverend Ted Noffs back in 1979. He was working out of the Wayside Chapel in Kings Cross, and um, he was working with a lot of people that were impacted by drug and alcohol use and misuse back then, um, as was the problem at the time. Um, And so Ted was seeing all these beautiful young people and they were in the grips of drug addiction and he just wanted to help. Um, And so, you know, theoretically he felt like he was at the, the, the bottom of the cliff after these young people had jumped off, they were already in the grips of addiction um, and he wanted to get in front of it. So, um, yeah, preventative education was born in the drug and alcohol space. Um, and so, yeah, he started all these lessons over in the Wayside Chapel and, and people just started flocking and wanting to learn about their bodies and how unique they were, how special they were and how their bodies' systems um, were impacted by some of the decisions that they were making. Um, and then, yeah, it grew from there. Schools wanted to know what was going on and the first mobile learning centre was built. Um, and, yeah, so that was 41 years ago. And today we go around to schools throughout Australia, but I'm, I, I, my focus area is New South Wales. Um, and in New South Wales we see 
uh, able to facilitate learning with students, I think 290,000 students last year nearly, um, and that's around 700,000 students participating in our program across Australia annually. So yeah, yeah um, he dreamed big, Ted Knopfs did. Yeah, I was actually, so I mean, this is an audio meeting, but I was sitting here kind of smiling when you said grew from there. I go, yeah, yeah, grew. <laughs> yes, you did. You very much did. And there's, I mean, how many actual, I mean, okay, we're not allowed to call them vans, but no. you've got these mobile learning units that go out to schools. How many are there actually uh, driving around the place? Yeah, well, we call them mobile learning centres or MLCs. Um, and in New South Wales alone, we have 44 of these. These they, they look effectively like really big caravans, but they're, they're basically classrooms on wheels. Um, so we have 44 in New South Wales, um, and we've got 60 educators that move across the landscape. So logistically, it's it's a big deal. It's a, it's a, a huge undertaking. Um, and, uh, you know, as you can imagine, you know, New South Wales is a big state, so we have to sort of schedule and move in a sort of an arc across the landscape um, and you know even just the, the towing of these mobile learning centres from school to school is is a, a huge monkey puzzle and we rely a lot on the benevolence of local council a lot of local rotary groups help us tow these tow the classrooms from school to school um, and then of course in metro sydney we have a, a bunch of um, awesome drivers that get out there and move um, the mobile learning centres from school to school, often at sort of four and five o'clock in the morning, and then they just disappear overnight again. You know what? I've always wondered where, I mean, like, okay, we go out to schools, too, it's our job, and we know that, I mean, the Life Ed Centre, they pop up all over the place, but I've never really seen them on the road. Now I know. It's done in the early morning. <laughs> it sure is. You've got to be up early to catch them. And our, yeah, our drivers, you know, Tony and, and Frank and, and Bob, they're out there. Yeah, they work some funny hours, that's for sure. Oh, absolutely. And this is the thing, like, I mean, the, that's a lot of students. And importantly, I mean, if you've never seen one of these, these uh, centers, these units rather, they're, they, they're really a class at a time. So you really are doing a bucket load of classes. Yeah, yeah. So some schools, um, particularly some of the big metropolitan schools in Sydney, we might be there for five and six weeks at a time. So, um, so that there's opportunities for every class group to, to cycle through one of the sessions with our educators. So it's, yeah, we often become part of the school community. And from year to year to year, the, the students actually remember the Life Ed educators name and they refer to us by our first name and you'll hear them calling out your name across the playground. It's really lovely to go back to schools annually. Yeah, I've got to say, I really love doing regional remote tours because I mean, you usually you hang out in the hotel and you go out to go dinner and then you see the kids at the restaurant and they're all waving to you across this table. <laughs> they yeah. you are. It's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. And that's just, yeah, same. Like you know, most of mm. our educators are out in the regions and, um, you know, it's it's a tough gig for them too because they'll often be away from home for, for weeks at a time. And um, so, yeah, being part of these you know, little regional and, and rural communities. It's just, yeah, it's, they've become their families when they're away from home. It's really lovely. No, that's awesome. So, so 41 years young, uh, the programs, you know, it's 2020 now and there's lots of these, you know, they're running around all over the place and there's online. I mean, I'm very obviously interested in science education and STEM education. And I know that there is a lot that life ed does when it comes to science education. So, uh, what sort of, workshops fit this mold so to speak and i mean because there'll be people who just not not come across it so you know amazingly so you, you think oh no everyone's seen it no they haven't there's still people who haven't seen it yet so what sort yeah. of uh, classes sort of at least fit from a, a science point of view yeah well the, the kind of content that we cover 
Um, it, it's grown over the years. So it did start out of alcohol and, and drug education. Now we cover content sort of pertaining to nutrition, the benefits of physical activity, cyber safety, um, how to deal with bullying, um, social and emotional learning, which we know underpins mental health, um, you know, resilience and how to foster that, that strength in young people, um, and also focus on respectful relationships. So as you can imagine, like most of those topics uh, have, you know, science embedded in them. Um, mm. But core of what we do do is coming back to Ted Knopf's um, beginnings was really just trying to instill in young people uh, respect and an understanding for the uniqueness and and how special their own bodies are to really understand them in depth and know how um, their choices impact their bodies their body systems and how they all interrelate I imagine that um, that means that by the sheer number of classes you know running programs around you know life education itself that means that occasionally there's got to be some challenging conversations that come up that were unexpected. <laughs> yeah, sure. Because, <laughs> um, you know, one of our um, probably, you know, longest running modules or programs that we run is a program that really informs people about smoking and the impacts of smoking on the body. Um, and, you know, we're really fortunate to be part of, um, you know, over the last several decades of just watching the smoke, smoking rates decline amongst not only adults but young people the uptake of smoking is so low um, and so yeah there are some tricky conversations that come up into into the sessions we can't go in there saying doom and gloom you know smokers will get unwell and possibly die of some smoking related mm. illness later in life because many of their loved ones might be you know smokers so it's has, it's definitely a nuanced approach that we have to you know we have to be really informative it has to be strength based it absolutely can't be about fear-mongering or just say no it it's really all about giving kids a, a deeper understanding and then skills and strategies to then go on and make great choices for themselves and maybe even tackle some of those tricky conversations when they get back home with their um with their family members that's so important. And it sounds like, I mean, the program has effectively organically grown. Is this, has it been driven by teachers' requests? Yeah, I think also just community need. So, you know, how the, the program's really sort of grown um, and, you know, covering such a, a wide, scape is, uh, wide scope is because, um, you know, every community, every, every school is so different in its needs. So, you know, for us to go in and have a very sort of prescriptive kind of offering, it, it simply wasn't enough and so every time a school said hey we need a little bit of help with this or cyber safety is you know really core to um you know what our kids need to be learning about right now we really have to sort of go back to go back to you know looking at what our program was and how we how we authentically meet the needs of each and individual community so yeah it's grown out of that Absolutely. I mean, I mean, physics is a similar deal. I mean, we started off with one or two workshops and now there are 80. <laughs> wow. This is what happens really, really fast. Um, uh, yeah, you look back and go, where, where, where all these boxes come from? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is sort of what's happened. And in your case, where are all these vehicles and this, this crazy uh, network of, uh, you know, things, you know, it is, it's a logistical, not nightmare, but certainly a puzzle. <laughs> it sure is. It, it's, yeah, it's definitely big. And I think, you know, therein lies the challenge too is, you know, it, does it need, because it is set out like this, is this the way that, you know, it will go forward and, and does this really meet the demand of the schools? So, you know, with that being the case, we've had to really kind of look at 
diversifying our delivery methods and and you know in line with what schools want so some regional schools it's just simply not possible to get out to them so um and you know so people got together and thought well how can we meet the need how can we more be more agile and so um, we developed an inflatable pop-up classroom so that we could just um it all packs up into a the back of a ute and one of our educators can drive it out to a, a really sort of remote school and inflate it within four minutes inside of a a, um, a class uh, inside of a school hall or the newer version is an external pop-up so it literally it's anchored to the side of a ute and we can blow it up um, in under a cola and that means that we can just be far more agile if we've already moved through that landscape with the mobile learning centers it's a little bit hard to do a u-turn and go back um, whereas this means we can really meet the needs of the school yeah uh, i gotta say of i mean policy I'll, that no school gets turned down well i was i gotta say i mean i, I was lucky enough fortunate enough to uh, to visit your site and um I had a little professional jealousy. I went, oh my gosh, that ute's amazing. <laughs> We've got some good toys, that's for sure. We've got our, um, our innovation manager, um, Alan Thomas. He's, um, yeah, he's like a kid in a candy store and you've met him, haven't you, Ben? Yes. So he loves, he loves getting in there and developing and dreaming big and getting to see some of these ideas come to fruition. Well, yourself and Alan definitely have something on your, on your plate, definitely when it comes to innovation, because, I mean, this year especially has driven the online delivery. And I know that you're starting to get requests as you build out that offering. Um, how is it with the educators that are bringing it on, you know, bring, you know, changing it from completely face-to-face -to, -face to now looking at how you deliver those same programs as well and as authentically as possible in a virtual environment? How's it going? Yeah, well, it's um, it's it's different, but um, as you know, and with your with your educators, our educators are kind of like a cross between um, the most fantastic teacher you can remember from your childhood to almost like a, a play school presenter to puppeteers to really big characters. And so, you know, to pivot from being delivering face to face in our mobile learning centres to um, you know, to filming them and, and, you know, getting online packages together and, and virtual delivery or virtual excursions there. It wasn't such a big shift. And we were, uh, we were really lucky to enlist the help of yourself and, and Karen player. And, um, you know, I, I think we thought that it was going to be a much bigger step, but I think we, we realized that a lot of the work we'd done before had really kind of set us in good step for, for the next sort of, you know, the, the next 40 years, hopefully. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So, I mean, I've got this funny feeling that um, the opportunity is there to do hybrid delivery, um, whereby you're out in the road, you're doing the very, you know, the cool things you can get on in the vehicle to get out to the site, but even just, you know, beaming back to head office or head, head uh, stage, so to speak, whatever you want to call it, um, that can be really quite interesting too, because even the, even in the lead up to, um, you know, that, that pre-work before you actually arrive at site, yeah. that can be sort of be covered virtually, which is so handy compared to yes. having to do it face-to-face -face or just over the phone. Yeah, and I like that kind of model, um, that sort of flip learning model where, you know, we might be sending out some, some you know, some video assets, some sort of conversation starters to introduce the concepts prior to the face-to-face -face or the online or the virtual delivery sessions and then you've already got your kids sort of understanding the sort of conceptual elements so that when we are facilitating the learning with our educators we can dig down deeper we can actually get down to not that sort of surface sort of superficial learning but we can start to really kind of unpack things and then that idea of you know those further touch points or um, increased dosage mm. um, by having you know the 
ability to do, you know, Zoom sessions or, um, you know, just layering in further online sessions means that the, the learning suddenly goes from being really kind of surface to being really inquiry-based learning for these young inquiring little bodies that we're working with. So, yeah, it's an exciting time. Oh, I bet. And I'm just actually wondering, do you get many inquiries from teachers to do professional development? Yeah, we do. We do. And I think it's interesting to note that, you know, um, we, while um, most of our educators are university qualified qualified teachers, they're really specialist educators in the in, in health. And, I, you know, I remember when I was at uni, um, you know, as a little fledgling teacher, you do one subject of health in one semester of your whole degree, and then you're expected to launch yourself out into whatever setting, so primary school or secondary school setting, and be able to teach the whole PDHBE syllabus. Um, I, and I think I remember feeling quite ill-equipped so we are really in a fortunate position to really get to sort of really sort of specialise in this area. So, yeah, so when we're going into classrooms, a lot of the time teachers are saying, I didn't know that. This is fantastic. And they join in the conversations and help guide the learning as much as the students do. Yeah, I mean, and there's nothing like um, uh, running the sessions in <laughs> the, the teachers and the students. Everyone's just one big conversation altogether. It's not like just the students. We just sit off, you know, teachers and adults sit off to one side. Everyone's involved. Is everyone's involved yes and it should be like that because learning is you know it, it's best done in a social construct and and when they see the people that you know that they know and respect and you know that their teachers are far more important to them than our healthy Harold educators are um, and for them to see them really sort of joining in it's really wonderful and it really it does it inspires everybody to get involved in the conversation no absolutely and I, I've got to ask I mean you used to be on, on the radio as one of the educators I mean not so much now because you, you have an entire state to manage but uh, what was your favorite one to run I mean let's be honest we all like <laughs> running lots of these programs what was your favorite program that you used to run? Uh, I think my favorite one of our modules is one called All Systems Go and it's a middle primary or a stage two module and it really it has a really beautiful narrative to it so the kids sort of go on a journey where you get shrunk down so you're tiny and then we pop them into this little tiny spaceship that's then um, you know then um, that travels through a boy called Kevin's body and you go through all of the body systems the respiratory the circulatory the nervous system um, digestion and and you get to see from the inside what everything looks like and it's just delightful and while we're traveling through this body um, we sort of pause throughout the session and the kids are able to build um, using what we call carpet kid or or our new TAM e3d software um, what a body looks like, but from, you know, as if there's no skin. So you can place all the organs in the right places as they learn what they do and how they work and where they're located. And there's just this moment sometimes where you just see kids trying to sort of put their hands on their bodies to sort of locate where they think their kidneys might be or even, you know, clutching their hands to their chest to feel their heart beating. And all of a sudden you just see this sort of magnificent moment where these little sponges are, are really starting to recognise that this is about them too. This is not just some fictional kind of story. This is 
the story of them. And it's really, it's just, yeah, really wonderful. I miss that sometimes. Oh, that's so wild. You actually just triggered a memory. I love it when you have these conversations because you forgot that you actually remember some things. Oh, I was, it must've been at a national science week event at a high school, gosh, about 11 years ago. So I can't remember which school it was. It wasn't Western Sydney. I mean, I'm sorry, whoever's listening, if you, I, <laughs> I, 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 did, I can just picture this classroom. So I was, I was there to run a, a science show and um, the kids took me for a tour and that, they, they had, you know, when you got the, the classrooms that joined together, that, that opened up the, uh, the classroom. So there's now a double classroom. And what they'd actually done is they actually did the tour through the digestive system and they'd made this tunnel all the way through both classrooms and they had interpretive signage at different points all the way along the way. And <laughs> it was really cool. It was, um, I mean, a bit of a guess is where it ends up at the end of the <laughs> classroom. <laughs> But it was so cool because they'd actually dedicated two classrooms and they were quite lucky that they could do this because they had some spare classrooms, which not everyone always has. But the thing was wickedly cool. And what they were doing was, yeah, I was there to do a show, but they were actually, they had the kids guiding the parents and the families and the community through this double classroom, but effectively like a human body museum. <laughs> so well done. And, and if you're listening and going, oh my gosh, they must have had a lot of coin. They didn't. They did it with garbage bags and just bits like paper mache and they just done it themselves. It was such a cool project. Hmm. That's excellent. Yeah. Well, we have, um, we're really fortunate because recently we've just rolled out this new um, 3D augmented reality body software where kids can actually, you know, they can see what happens from like from the minute that they might take a bite of an apple and how that you know, that apple would travel down and, you know, down through the, um, into the digestive system, through the stomach and the small intestines and large intestines and change colour and then obviously, you know, complete with sound effects, um, end up in the toilet. And yeah. it's just, you know, you, kids need to see. It needs to be tangible. It needs to be, um, you know, there, out there for them to be able to understand these things and then for them to develop a digestive system throughout two classrooms. That's next level, Ben. It's kind of, it's kind of funny. I was actually... Just imagining walking past uh, one of the classes happening, and you know full well. What, what, I guess you'd know what, what they're up to when you hear the kids go, "Ooh, uh, yeah," you know. Okay, okay, they're they're now yeah, in the lower digestive yes. tract. <laughs> <laughs> you know exactly where they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure do. They love it. There's nothing like a little bit of potty humor, though. <laughs> oh, that's true. Hey, look, this is such a great program, and the thing is, like, unfortunately and sadly, the reality is that you, know, you can't get to everywhere. You can't always be everywhere you want to be and there'd be people listening in that might actually be in a, in a situation where perhaps they're overseas where they just they're not going to be able to connect with life education uh anytime soon well at least yet maybe maybe online but perhaps they're doing it at 2am for you it's not going to work what i'm getting <laughs> at is if they had to set up some sort of at least the beginning the first steps to be able to help uh their students understand about you know their body is important they've got to look after it etc what would be the first steps they should do if they're planning out a unit that could help their kids? Gosh, um, you know, I think ultimately, well, the first thing you need to do is you need to, like any any teacher worth their salt, you need to work out where the kids are at. You really need to sort of develop a real sort of understanding of what their knowledge is and then build from there. So it's so different, as you'd know, Ben, from community to community, classroom to classroom, kid to kid you know, where, where their knowledge is at and how you can sort of take them through the next step. Um, and then I think, you know, get find out, get them to ask questions, you know, let them guide the learning. I mean, kids will want to learn and be drawn to different learnings 
individually anyway. Um, and I think, yeah, get them to follow the things that they're interested in and build build out from there. I mean, we've got kids that are fascinated by the human body. Um, and then there are other kids that are, oh, yeah, that kind of creeps me out. I really don't like that. But I'm, you know, I'm really interested in the idea of um, growing my own food and the benefits of that. So I, I think be guided by the kids always. Yeah, that's a great advice. I mean, you don't want to just shove it down their throat and they're <laughs> just not no, receptive whatsoever. Not at all. And I, yeah, I think key to everything and which is, you know, probably one of the reasons or the main reason that we use, you know, Healthy Harold, our little giraffe friend in our sessions is learning needs to be pleasurable. It needs to be enjoyable. It needs to be fun and engaging. And if it's not those things, then it's not memorable. Um, so I think, you know, the best way to do that is to make sure that it's aligned with the individual learner getting them engaged and excited oh, that's fantastic i love that and then you didn't worry about all the curriculum outcomes and stuff later but you but you got to be yeah learner centric is usually a good way to start i agree yep. absolutely hey um there's going to be some people who would love to get in touch yep. so how do they do that Oh, our website is the best place to go. So lifeeducation.org.au and there's just so much information about who we are, our history, all of the, the programs that we cover. So not only do we do primary school programs, we've also got three preschool modules. We've also got a okay. secondary program. Um, so that's the best place to start. And then people can just submit sort of an expression of interest, a booking inquiry, and one of us will get in touch and just have a chat and see how we might be able to meet your needs. Um, and, you know, life education is, it's, it's Australia-wide. It's also available in New Zealand, in Japan, in Singapore, over in Great Britain. Um, so chances are there's, there's someone not too far away who's going to be able to come and talk to you and how we can support your learners and your teachers with health education. That's such a great outcome considering what Ted set up 41 years ago. Yeah, he was a visionary, that's for sure. He was, yeah, pretty pretty cool and i'm yeah just so proud to work for an organization that's just started from such a good place and i think you know i can put my hand on my heart and know that we're still really true to his original vision and yeah it's great to be part of an organization that's doing good awesome well well, well done and yeah you are you are doing good <laughs> absolutely <laughs> no, fantastic and thank you very much Therese, for uh, joining us especially during a very busy uh, term three we're all been busy <laughs> No. Got a lot of catch up to do because a few schools were closed there for a while. So we're really, really busy behind the scenes at the moment, making sure that no student misses ever. So a lot of movements of uh, <laughs> vehicles at 4am in the morning coming up. Yep. Yep. A lot of, a lot awesome. of, yeah, a little bit of caffeine probably for some of those drivers needed, but not too much. That's right. All in moderation. That's exactly right. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, have a fantastic afternoon. Yeah, you too. Lovely to chat with you, Ben. We hope you've been enjoying the Physics Ed podcast. We love making science make sense. Why don't you book us for a science show or workshop in your school? If you're outside of Australia, you can connect with us via a virtual excursion. See our website for more. Well, there we go. We just heard from Therese Hooper. You can really tell loves her education when it comes to health and safety. And so do a team. Over 130 specially trained educators. They go all over every state and territory in Australia and they visit over 4,000 schools, reaching 700,000 schools. Kids, that's a lot of kids. 
every single year. And, uh, and imagine it's quite a logistic feat to be able to make this all happen, but they do a very good job. And I think their online and virtual programs coming up are going to make a massive difference too. So head on over to the website, go to lifeeducation.org.au. So lifeeducation.org.au. Have a bit of a browse around, check out what they can offer for your school. And I no doubt they would make a huge benefit for you kids. So uh Thanks very much for listening to this podcast. It was really good chatting with Therese, and uh, I love hanging out with their team as well through uh, last term. So, uh, look, uh, have a fantastic afternoon, morning, evening, night, whatever time it is that you're listening to this. I really hope to catch you another time. You've been listening to me, Ben Newsom from Phys Education, and you've been listening to the Phys Ed Podcast. I'll catch you another time. You've been listening to another Physics Ed Podcast. We're excited about science. Subscribe to us on iTunes to download the next episode as soon as it's released. And don't forget, for hundreds of ideas, free experiments, our new Be Amazing book and more, go to physicseducation.com.au. That's physics spelled F-I-Z-Z-I-C-S. This podcast is part of the Australian Educators Online Network. AEON.net.au